1: Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King-Wafsnar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. We mentioned yesterday when we talked about the North American Promotion Series, which hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that episode, that, you know, this is a time that we get to reflect. This is a time that we get to kind of take a, a breather before we make our way into the North American LCS playoffs. And that means award season we've got three all pro teams we've got to make up we've got a rookie of the split a coach of the split and of course that coveted coveted mvp award walter and i have made our lists in secret uh, without talking to each other at all about you know which guys we should put at what spots. so we have a lot of arguments to to break down and kind of see where we stand on all of it so let's just get into it walter how you doing man I'm I'm doing pretty good. Like I, you know, we made it very, very specific that this was
0: a secret ballot between the two of us. I only saw, before I did my ballot, one person that he put on his ballot, and I laughed to myself and went, oh, don't worry, they aren't anywhere close to mine. You can't argue me into that one. Really? And we'll get to that player in a in a few minutes. But uh yeah, I was I was excited um to go through and really like think about who I thought was on here. Um, I do have some teams that are not. Um, are not represented on the All Pro team. Screw you, FlyQuest.
1: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Don't care.
0: Screw wow. you. And uh, and yeah, this should be this should be a good back and forth between the two of us. This is we've been told before that we agree too much. Uh, by some of our friends and some of our viewers. and This is an episode where um, I think it's a happy medium of agreeing and disagreeing.
1: Yeah, that's not going to be a problem this time around. I'm not worried about us agreeing too much here. And I, you know, this is the fun thing about these conversations is that they are conversations. Anyone who says that there's only one answer to who you should be putting on these ballots, you should always question that. Um especially this year i just before we get into the actual picks Walter, I just want to ask as a, as an overall, what were your thoughts when you were making these award selections? how do you feel about the pool as a whole that we were choosing upon um I feel
0: like there were only a couple of positions where I was really like back and forth and back and forth and hemming and hawing like there were a lot of the picks that I make, that I'm like, it's absolutely this pick. Like, I absolutely this is my one, two, three in this position. This is absolutely my one, two, three in this position. Right. Um, but there were a few where where I had to go like back and forth in my head. I was like, well, but this. Oh, but then there's this. Oh, but th-. so. Um, but I'm pretty confident in how my all pro turned out versus how the all pro will actually turn out and how the awards will actually turn out.
1: Yeah, so. we've learned in the past from this, right? Riot. At least the the ballots that the writers have gotten and some of the broadcasters have delivered, uh, as well as some of the biases that players bring into it, teams that win a lot tend to get a pretty big bump in the overall votes. But that's not how you and I approach this. We're looking like if we, you know, ideally, as a member of the press, you know, what were the votes that we would make if Riot sent us a ballot that we would feel like these are the the players that should represent. You know, these, you know, these, what's
0: been accomplished this year. And you know the best part about being a member of the press, Chase? What? I don't have that stupid, I can't vote for my own players team rule that all the coaches (laughs) have to follow. So suck suck it, Riot. I get to vote for TSM players.
1: You know what? Four out of the five TSM players got first team All-Pro last split. So you literally can't be more biased than Riot has already been in their own previous awards. So congratulations Walter. Going full fanboy will not be enough this it's, time around. It's
0: it's it's wonderful being number 1. Uh, all I can say is it's kind of lonely at the top.
1: Yeah. It's uh yeah, well we're going to let's speaking of the top. That's the first lane we're going to. Uh we're going to rapid fire each of these positions to start just so you guys can see what our choices were and then we're going to have the discussion with each other the back and forth and our disagreements and the like. So Walter, your third team All-pro top laner, who'd you got?
0: Uh, For my third team all-pro top laner, I have Someday from Team Dignitas. Uh, I felt like even in games where Dignitas were losing, were not performing very well, Someday was, you know, he's playing very, very well. He was uh, their only win condition for about the first six weeks, and I don't think that Dignitas, I don't think Someday really changed anything about his play style uh, on this run that they had towards the end to get into the playoffs, I think it was more about Dignitas as a team around him playing a little bit differently, allocating a, you know some resources in other ways, and just their players playing just a hair better, uh, which is what got Dignitas into the playoffs over Immortals.
1: Yeah i I mean I really like Sunday. You're going to see him on my list in a little bit. I had Impact as my third team. All pro top laner. I had to penalize him a little bit because he did split time with Ray. I feel like at the end of the day, if you're on my all pro list, you should be so good that your team looks at you and says, "Yeah, we can't afford to not have you on the rift right now." But you know what? Impact put up some great numbers. This split Uh, really great on the assist. Totally had most assists per game uh, of all LCS top laners. In that regard, uh, laning wasn't necessarily as strong as you would expect impact to have in a normal split, but the damage that he brought to the team, the, the way that he was this pivotal point in a lot of the team fights that ended up defining the best parts of Cloud9, you gotta reward him for that. Walter, your second team, all pro top laner.
0: My second-team All-Pro top winner is going to be Cloud9's Impact. Uh, I don't punish him necessarily because he had a timeshare with Ray. It's really not his fault that Cloud9 has sort of looked on of what happens when Impact potentially retires. I thought he was phenomenal the entire split. I thought he was one of the few players um, on Cloud9 that actually improved from where he was last split. Uh, And he'd probably be on top of this list if my first team top laner didn't improve that much more
1: yeah by very fair i had someday from dignitas as my number two top laner i for all the reasons that you mentioned and also the guy is an absolute monster in the laning phase uh he averaged 169 gold differential at 10 minutes that is more than 50 percent more than the next closest top laner he just did so many things for a Dignitas team that needed him to be this reliable anchor. He made the most out of every resource that he was given and put them in a position where now they're a playoff team, and that was not something that we necessarily expected heading into the season, depending on where you stood on some of these different points. I know you were very high on him going in, but there were a lot of people who had some big question marks, and he silenced a lot of those critics up pretty quickly. So, Walter, you're number one first-team All-Pro top laner.
0: Uh, come on, could it be anybody but Hauntzer? Come on, Hauntzer, just the best player on TSM this split. Was just absolutely fantastic. The step-up that he had compared to where he was in the in the summer and at World Championships was just massive. He was a stud in lane uh, as a tank player. Excellent teleport timings, was a really strong engager. Had carry moments on playing Maokai. And then towards the end of the split here, we've really seen him kind of start to flourish on some of the carry style champions, in particularly Camille, as someone that you really do want to have to ban uh, ban out against him. So the best player on the best team. He absolutely deserves to be the first team all-pro top laner in my book.
1: Yeah, I, I have him as the first team all-pro top laner uh, as well. I, I think that Hansen put together an incredible season. He averaged... Uh, about 3.1 kills per game. That is absurd for top laners. No one was even close to that. I think Impact was second at about 2.2. Uh, you look at the kill participation, he's at 68.1%. No top laner had as m- was involved in as many plays for the team as he was. His earned gold per minute numbers were amazing. Basically, everything he touched was incredibly strong. And if you took out you know, Ray's damage per minute numbers because he only played 10 games, he would have been leading in that category too. He did everything that you could want from a top laner and he did it very well. I'm very impressed by his growth and I think it's a well-deserved position at the first team. So do we have any disagreements here, Walter? It seems like we mostly agree on this one.
0: Uh, I I just didn't punish Impact for Ray. I think that's really what it comes down to is uh, you're... You're kind of chipping away at him because he didn't play as many games. But I, if he had played as many games, he would have been ahead of Haunters and things like assists. He probably would have had similar type of laning numbers. Um, it's just Haunters takes the edge because I think his teleport, uh, his teleports were more impactful. I think he showed a uh, a larger variety of playstyle going into something like Camille uh, as a very hard kind of carry split push top laner, and he just you know, improved that much more. If you look at where Haunters was last year, you wouldn't think that he could stand up to Impact at all, but you definitely look at the second series they played against each other. Haunters stood firm. um, And there's a reason why Dyrus, way back in the day, said he's a better version of me. He is definitely the best top laner in North America. Um, Impact, like I said, I just am not going to punish him for the team deciding to play their substitute for some games. It's not his fault.
1: I mean, there's... There's the difference between punishing him because he didn't play and punishing him because the team wasn't really that much worse when he wasn't on the rift. Ray proved that you don't have you know he you could work within the Cloud 9 system and there are enough other players in place who are doing their jobs and putting that top lane in a position to succeed that I don't think the gap between impact and Ray, was large enough to stand out in my mind. I think that Impact benefits from the fact that he was on a very good Cloud9 team and therefore was winning a lot of games, so of course the assist numbers are up. If you're team fighting and you're winning team fights, whether you're the reason for that or not, you're going to get a lot of assists. So that's not to say that he's not a great player. I had him third on my All-Pro list for a reason. He's very good. I just thought that Someday did more for that team uh, because he needed to do more for that team and are just played out of his mind. I, I think that that's, there's a reason he's in the MVP conversation, which most people would have considered absurd had you brought this up going into the season. Let's move into junglers, Walter. Which jungler did you pick for your third-team All-Pro spot?
0: So I, he had to be on this list someplace. Uh, I have Lyra as my third-team All-Pro jungler got to punish him because despite the fact that he was phenomenal and statistically was one of the better junglers it just didn't translate to wins they are in the relegation tournament and while I think they will uh, you know if you listen to the podcast yesterday I think they'll make it out of the relegation tournament mainly because of Lyra it wasn't enough, especially early on in the season when it was a very hard carry meta for junglers, when you could play things like Kha'Zix, Rengar, full damage, and Graves, and really truly try and carry and take that gold advantage into your lanes. It took a while for Lyra to figure it out, and he definitely was much more at home kind of in the control style junglers, the Elises, the Nidalees, the Elisins, uh, than he was on anything like Kha'Zix. So got to punish him for the for the 10th place, though.
1: You know, that is that is your decision, and I am not ready to argue with you yet because we have to get through the rest of these. I had uh, Dardoch as my third team all-pro jungler. Dardoch had a higher ceiling than most junglers in the league. He had more kills than any other jungler, uh, and, and certainly he deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, when Immortals played well... He was a huge part of that and a huge part, you know, part of why this team did almost make the playoffs. But we have to use that word almost, and we have to point out that Dardok died a lot 2.8 KDA because when he wasn't playing well, when he wasn't at that top level, he single handedly lost at least three games I could think of off the top of my head for Immortals. And as a fan and as an analyst, I have to look at that and say, your highs were high, but your lows were really low. And that lack of consistency keeps him from being any higher on my list, despite the playmaking potential that he has. Walter, your number two, second team All Pro.
0: My number two is probably going to be one that doesn't really show up on a lot of people's lists. Uh, it's going to be Media's. I think the work that he did with Phoenix One coming in as a replacement for Inori, for as much as he has, the fact that towards the end of the split they really were just leaning on Medios, despite the fact that Inori uh, came back from his venture up to Canada for his personal issues, um, Medios was just a very steadying presence and fit like a glove into that team. Was really uh, efficient in terms of ganking for lanes. I think Zig performed better when Medios was in there. He had a little bit. Uh, more consistent jungler, someone that really could take some pressure off of him through his map manipulation, the way that he ganked mid lane, always had unusual gank, ganking patterns and could fall back onto that old school style farm Medios farm and then come into the late game as a really strong tanker engager. So I got Medios. very few people I think are going to bring him up.
1: Yeah, I have some some counterpoints to that argument for later, but I'm going to give my second team all pro jungle award to Moon Moon might not have ended the season the way that a lot of people would have hoped but no one started the season stronger than he did the, for the first five and a half to six weeks he was the best jungler in the league, his kills were were crazy, his roams were on point he led the FlyQuest offense to the most explosive offense in the league during that time and yes, that fell apart over time but that's not necessarily on him You know, so much of what he do- uh, had done was on getting the mid lane going and when the mid lane fell off well he didn't necessarily have that opening but he made a ton of plays for this team and this is an all-season award and for a guy that did as well as he did for as long as he did i think it would be criminal to not have him somewhere on the list but i have a feeling that you're not going to agree with me walter so let's get to that number one spot for you who was your first team all pro jungler
0: I am the biggest Dardoch mark on the planet. I love Dardoch. I think that at his ceiling, at his absolute highest, he is the best jungler in North America. Uh, granted, he does have a very large variance, and there were some games where he did cost him team the match, but this is a guy that says, I am going to make a play. He has Kiwi Kid Syndrome, but he's 10 times the player Kiwi Kid ever would have been. And you know what? He's just damn fun to watch and damn fun to listen to go off. I want Cocky Dardock back for summer when this team actually makes the playoffs and potentially goes on a run for Worlds.
1: Yeah, look, Cocky Dardock is a fun guy to root for. I had him on my third team for a reason. He he does have those highs. My number one, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised to hear this, is Lyra. I've been talking up the envious jungler for forever now. I think there is no jungler that plays as cleanly as he does. His rotations are pretty much immaculate. He has a great sense of the map and and getting his players ahead and, you know, it hasn't translated to wins and that's something I think that says a lot about the state of the jungle in general. It's it's just very difficult when you're having to be, you know, the third or fourth you know, gold, uh, you know, gold share player on your team in order to, to solo carry the games from there. But man, did he make so many plays. Man, did he keep an envious team that would have been just garbage here without him and make them single-handedly relevant in all of these matches. And as the season went on, we saw more and more how that playmaking was translating into at least single map victories, even if it couldn't close out a series. That's my choice. Obviously, we've got some disagreements here, Walter. What, What? I guess of the two that, I guess, you, well, let's hear your counter-argument against Moon, because that's the one where I was very surprised that he didn't make your list, given the numbers that he put out there this season.
0: My, my counter-argument for Moon is the same argument that I have for Lyra, is that despite the fact that he put up some fantastic numbers, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. He was not good enough to elevate the players that were around him. I think Moon's success at the beginning of the split that you're so high on had way more to do with High and the fact that High was playing at such this elevated level. He was up in the clouds, one might say. Uh, And you saw Moon at his fullest extent. But once High diminished, you're right, Moon's play didn't necessarily fall off. He wasn't any worse a player. He still was a very strong player. But I think his early season numbers were really elevated because High was with him. It was usually a two man roaming type of situation where they both hop on top of one of these side lanes and get some kills or hop on top of an enemy jungler or get in there and get vision. They really reminded me of like season four, Medios and High. A lot of roaming around. I really wish that like TF had been more in the meta cuz I think that could have saved FlyQuest season and really kept them up at the top as a contender if TF had been in there cuz that would have given high another a, you know another way to really move around the map and control the map but at the end of the day they ended up you know fighting for their lives to avoid you know not being in the playoffs
1: sure but they still like you're talking about them like they were they're in this relegation tournament like I understand the argument against Lyra when you talk about Envious FlyQuest are fifth they had the fourth highest win percentage in the league. You can't say that it didn't translate. It did. They're in the playoffs. If it didn't translate, they wouldn't be there. So I I don't think that's fair at all. I understand that the end of the split, you know, they had that losing streak for a while. But to say that it didn't result in success for the team, I mean, if he doesn't play the way that he did for the first half of the season, they're not on, in the playoffs at all. They were only one series away from potentially not being there in the first place. So... I think that was was very much up in the air, and something that very much could have, you know, come back to haunt him if they, he hadn't played so well. And I, I think he deserves to be rewarded for that. Um, I, I do want to talk about Medios real quick before we move on. I, I feel like one of my big problems I had when I looked at Medios on this list because he did play very very well. Uh, he only played 19 games. That would be less than half of the split. And if we are talking about you know Russell Westbrook or LeBron James. If they missed half of the season, you wouldn't be putting them anywhere near an All Pro award. That's how we we always treat these things when we look at sports. You you wouldn't put Tom Brady on the list if he missed ten weeks. That's Medios can't to me is not eligible unfortunately because of that. But clearly you feel differently, so I'll, I'll let you defend that sample size argument uh, real quick instead of just talking. At I just you hate anything. that
0: argument. I just hate that argument. Okay, so prorate him for a full forty-two games or whatever. Medios, Medios's impact was not statistical. It was not. We're not looking at him and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, he would have had the most kills if he had played an entire split." But the fact that he was such a plug-and-play aspect of this team, and that they were choosing him over their starting jungler, over Inori, going into the latter half of the split, the fact that he fit so seamlessly. With Ryu, and when they took Adrian out, it was stunned, and it didn't seem like Phoenix One had missed a step at all. You have to reward him for that for someone that was basically coming in off of his couch. Sure. So I'm going to reward Medios for that. I hate the oh, sample size argument. Medios's impact on the Rift was not something that statistically was quantifiable, in my opinion.
1: I would be very surprised if I ever saw you support an NBA player who played less than 42 games to go to an All-Star Award. I I would never see that. I've never heard of a writer that's done it. And I I think that that's something that just because we ended that way, you know, it it, it should matter. If we're talking about the All-Pro for the whole split, then we have to take the whole split into account. And I don't think you can just prorate the rest of the season. You can't just assume that players would never have figured him out, or that, in particular, he would have done very well in the pre-7.3 meta. Because 7.3 and beforehand was a very different meta than the one in which he's excelled recently. And so I certainly don't think you can pro rate that. Um, but that's... It's my ballot. I don't yeah. care. No, that's... Look, we, we have the arguments because that's the whole point of this, but we're going to have to agree to disagree and move on here. And we are going to move on to the mid lane, Walter. Who was your third team all-pro mid laner?
0: My third team all-pro mid laner was Jensen from Cloud9 because despite the fact that all of his numbers pretty much went up, uh, I don't think he got better as a mid laner. I actually don't think he improved as a mid laner. Statistically, sure, numbers go up. I think they were a better team across the board this split than they were last split. Remember, there were some bumps in the early part of the season that um, I think his numbers are a little bit elevated because consistently they were, you know, Number one seed all throughout the entire split, um, and you know up until the second series with TSM, that was sort of what knocked them off. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think Jensen as a player is a better mid laner uh, than he was at the beginning of the split. But I still think he's a top three player, so there's a spot.
1: Yeah, I, I, I certainly you know Jensen you know is a, is an interesting player to talk about, and I'm going to get to him in a little bit. But first, my third team all pro mid laner. Is going to be Froggen. You know, Froggen is a guy that, you know, we we saw when he was able to play these roaming mid laners. He had a huge impact on the team, and he was the guy that Echo Fox relied upon for everything that they did. Seventy two point five percent kill participation. That's nuts. Um, the guy had. Uh, Huge leads as far as uh, experience differential and even gold differential, despite being on a mostly losing team, which is just very rare to see. And oh, by the way, 622 damage per minute. No one was doing more damage coming out of the mid lane than Froggen was. And, you know, this is an Echo Fox team that needed him to be that way. If you remove him from Echo Fox, I'm not sure this team wins a series. But because he was there and because he was able to enable so much of what the team was trying to do, I I, I think that that is something that I absolutely want to reward, at least to have him on the list. Uh, Where do you have your your number two mid laner?
0: Uh, My number two mid lane All-Pro is going to be Ryu. Now, Ryu is not the flashiest guy in the pan. He's not. You know, not going to put up the best stats, the highest stats. You're not going to see him at the top of kills lists or anything like that. But again, he is a super steadying presence for this Phoenix 1 roster. He is a fulcrum for everything that they tried to do. He was at the forefront of all of their roams, whether it was early on with Adrian and Inori or later into the season with Medios and Stunt. And the way this team went, it didn't matter if Zig might not be doing well in the top lane or if there was, you know, a stumble in the bot lane, arrow getting caught out or something. Ryu was a constant steadying force and he is continuing to age like a very fine wine and shaking off the shackles of that Z1V uh, that Z mirror duel with Faker all those years ago.
1: Yeah. Ryu certainly is a guy that I, I think is going to get some buzz in this conversation just because of how well Phoenix 1 did. My number 2 uh my second team all pro mid laner is Bjergsen. I disrespectful. I, that is disrespectful. I thought we agreed to do our disagreements after we did I'm just our baseballs. I just saying disrespectful. I just saying I'd listen to all of your arguments. Thank you very much. That's fine. But I look, I think Bjergsen's a great player. I think he's always going to be uh in the conversation for the best player in the league. I don't think this was his best split. I just I thought that Bjergsen took a bit of a step back uh, in certain ways, especially if you look at Game 1s in a lot of these series where they would really fall behind and then they'd have to dig themselves out of these holes. You know, he wasn't necessarily the guy that they could trust in that regard. Now, granted, when they won, they won big. And that's why a lot of his numbers are just absolutely bonkers. 5.5 KDA was the highest in the league. His uh, 140 gold differential at 10 minutes was the highest in the league. Uh, certainly, he's a guy that is constantly there to, to be this anchor for the team. Uh, and in a lot of ways, he he was that guy. But this was a, a season that was kind of to me a, a step back. Only 508 damage per minute. Uh, that was the th- uh, fourth lowest in the league. Only Keen Ninja and Golden Glue did less damage per minute for their team, and it's not because TSM was playing shorter games than everybody else. So I think he took a step back, and I think that was because Hanser took a step forward, and that's fine. But to me, that puts him second team and not first. But let me guess, Walter, is, is he's going to be your first team all-pro yes, mid Yes, Bjergsen
0: is my first team all-pro mid laner because guess what? When you're the best mid laner coming into a split, someone has to prove they're better than you. And no mid laner, by the end of the split, had proven that they were better than Bjergsen. And I know who you're about to bring up, and I just go back to the second time they played against each other. And he didn't... He didn't, you know, play some cheesy fizz pick and say, "Oh well, you guys aren't going to get any ganks off." No, he lost lane to Bjergsen in two out of the three games, and the first game it was it was even. It wasn't. It was definitely in this player that you're about to bring up's favor, but it wasn't some astronomical thing where I'm like, "Yeah, he's definitely caught up." So go ahead and say whose name it is, because I'm mm.
1: first team all pro for me was Jensen. I thought Jensen had a great season. I I thought that I thought that he played incredibly well for the majority of the split. The last week was not particularly great, but up until that point, no one was more efficient in lane than he was. And, and if you look at what he was providing for the team, so much of what Cloud Nine relied upon was their team fighting potential, and Jensen was at the focal point of every single one of those pieces. You know, he did a lot as far as you know, being this reliable piece that could, you know, get the Oriana ults or could get these teamfighting gauges that they would need to turn these mid to late games around. And no one did that more than Cloud9. His earned gold per minute was a staggering 310.9. That was the highest, I want to say, in the league. Confirm that, yes, that was the highest in the league. Uh, No one did more in every individual game to get the resources needed to win those big moments. And while his laning phase, you know, head to head against Bjergsen, very few people are ever going to be able to do that. But nobody this season did more for their team in those big mid to late game moments than Jensen did. And that's why he gets the nod for me. So you you keep saying disrespectful, like this isn't even an argument to you. So why is it disrespectful? This isn't even... You said it yourself. You said no one's going to hold a... No one's going to be able to keep up with Bjergsen in lane. In lane. But that laning phase is 15 minutes of the game. There's this whole other part called the team fighting phase where all these other objectives matter. Yes, yes. And that includes part of the team. So you're punishing Bjergsen for
0: the fact that his top laner was playing better and they didn't need to rely as much on Bjergsen when you have the same thing on Cloud9 where they can rely on Impact, they can rely on Sneaky, they can rely on Jensen, they can rely on Contracts or Smoothie to make all these plays. So you're punishing Bjergsen for Haunter's improvement but not Jensen for Impact's improvement. No, I, I get it. I agree. Jensen got better in laning phase. I will give him that. He made some really great plays in team fights as well. But at the end of the day, you have to outplay Bjergsen. And if you can't outplay Bjergsen in lane consistently and beat him in
1: lane, you're not
0: the number one mid laner in North America. I'm sorry.
1: I I think that you're, you're looking at the laning phase as the end all be all in a way that I just fundamentally disagree with in terms of what I value in my what up his laning efficiency. I, yeah, he was the most efficient laner, and doing it against everyone other than Bjergsen doesn't change the fact that he did it. Against nine out of ten, eight out of ten of the nine other mid laners in the league. That doesn't just disappear. And what's more important to me is what he did in the team fighting phase. You look at Bjergsen, only 508 damage per minute, Jensen, 588 damage per minute. He was such a bigger part of all of these fights. It's not that, you know, Bjergsen was just taking a step back to Hauntser, he took a sizable step back whereas Jensen took a sizable step forward from where those numbers were last year. He became a bigger part of his team, Bjergsen became a smaller part of his team. And that does not mean that Bjergsen is not incredibly talented, because he totally is, but he was not the same key contributor to this, to his team that Jensen was to his. And it was a very close call for me, but I give Jensen the slight edge in that regard, because to me, Jensen took a step forward, Bjergsen, whether because he had to or because of you know whatever else, did not impact that side of the game in the same way. And if the laning phases are super close with Bjergsen having a slight edge for me, then those other intangibles and those you know that mid to late game shot calling and team fighting is going to stand out so much more. But I, I mean, do we want to talk real quick about uh, about Ryu and Froggen? We should probably just move forward because that. Um, the... Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with
0: Froggen at all. I, I think that Froggen would probably be my four on my list. Like, I'm okay mm-hmm. with Froggen being up here.
1: Yeah, and I think Ryu is, is a fine fit as well. So let's just go to the eighty carries. Walter, who was your third-team All-Pro eighty carry? This is probably the
0: one I, I hemmed and hawed and went back and forth on like 30,000 times. Mm-hmm. Because eighty carry was such a dumpster fire after, uh, after a certain individual. Uh, So I'm going to give it to Cody Sun, Mm. because Cody Sun to me was the only player that actually uh, was the only player outside of number one that I felt really showed marked improvement from day one of week one, of game one, all the way to the very end. And even though Immortals didn't make it into the playoffs, I thought there was an incredible amount of improvement shown by Cody Sun. And I feel I'm getting closer to those same feelings I had about him in the preseason, now here at the end of the regular season. So, third-team All-Pro, Cody's son, you earned it, buddy.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I had, is my third-team All-Pro, I had All-Tech. Uh, All-Tech, you know, at the, again, got to look at the first half of the split. all was an incredible player during that time. He got a 4.2 KDA for the overall split. His, uh, his laning numbers were not particularly great, and I think that's something that had to penalize him. But again... You're, you're grasping at straws when it comes to the 80 carries that were available here. Sneaky and Wild Turtle have some kind of inflated numbers because they were on these top tier teams. And once you remove that, to me, Alltech was the, the most consistent of, of the 80 carries in terms of just cleaning up fights and, and uh, you know inter- uh, just being able to be that sizable presence, especially in the 7.3 and earlier meta. And that does matter. that was more than half of the season. Uh, but he's at number three because I do think his landing flaws in particular are something that hold him back from being a truly great eighty carry. Uh, wh- who is your number two, Walter? My number two is going
0: to be CLG's Stixay. Uh, I thought he was the most consistent eighty carry out of the entire bunch, and I think that CLG's problems didn't really center around him. I think that CLG spent the season playing away from him for a lot of it, and it has to do with the utility carry meta, but... Once you got back into you know, like Ezreal's and Caitlyn and things like that, he showed he's the 6A of old. So I'm not really going to punish him too much uh, for the fact that you know, you can't do a whole lot with utility carries, but he did play them pretty well in my opinion. So 6A is my second team All-Pro AD carry.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said. He's also my second team All-Pro AD carry. Uh, he had more raw kill numbers than anyone in the AD carry position in the league. Only one player had more kills per game, and I think both of us are about to get to him. Uh, <laughs> you know, 6A, eight, eight, look, he was a huge focal point of every single one of the games and series that CLG were able to take this this season. He is a very strong uh, player, not just in the, the laning phase, but in terms of just what he does for them in teamfights, how he can clean up... And, and really, you know, get the resources that he needs on his own. His wave clear, uh, you know, when he needs to, to split push and be that guy, uh, he certainly is capable of doing it. And I really have a lot of respect for a guy that's playing on a team that, you know, was dying left, right, and center and still managed to keep his earned gold per minute numbers and all of the other relevant stats you'd really like to see. Uh, and keep those relevant going forward. So I think that's that's where I landed up on that. Who was your number one first-team All-Pro AD carry?
0: Arrow, not even close. Yeah. I think he had one of the best seasons that I've ever seen out of an LCS player. And uh, despite the fact that there were some times where it looks like he was out of position, I feel like going back and watching these key moments, it's mainly that his team is running away and... He's not under. He's just either not getting the communication, or his tanks are like, "Oh crap! I sh- you know I should I need to let my eighty carry go first, and I need to take the hook." Uh, so some of the mistakes I don't think were really his fault. Just incredible damage, incredible plays from him. Even playing utility eighty carries, and I just have to give it to Arrow.
1: Yeah, I, I have Arrows, my first team all-pro AD carry, and I don't think it was particularly close. Uh, most kills per game, uh, on average, uh, you know, 70.7% kill participation. That's absurd for someone who played as many games as he did. Uh, his 5.3 KDA was obviously very impressive. He won his lane way more often than not. His damage per minute numbers were far higher than any other AD carry. His He did everything. He was the first place guy in almost every relevant statistic. And at some point, you just have to look at that and say, that is, you know, praise be. That's the guy that you really want uh, to carry in that regard. So, shout out to him for putting together an incredible season and doing so in a pretty turbulent year. You know, he's had to play with at least three different supports now and two different junglers and all of the -the behind-the-scenes drama that was likely associated with the Adrian and Nori split. So, Shout out to him for all of that. Uh, I think there's only really one argument we need to have, Walter. And I hate to undercut you, but I think you might be right. So, like, tell, tell me why I'm wrong so that I can agree with you and opt out of this pick. But I, I, uh, I need to hear the case.
0: So your argument was all tech early, early season stats. He was really, really good in the early season. High! High roaming down into the bot lane and over-inflating all-tech stats. There, he still has all-tech syndrome, where there are just moments he runs away from the fight. And let us not forget the
1: terrible, terrible Mordekaiser Maokai game. That was really bad. That was really bad. I, you know, I, I looked at the earned gold per minute numbers. Uh, who do you think were the, the top three eighty carries in that statistic?
0: In earned gold per minute? Yes. Uh, definitely Arrow.
1: Arrow's number three. Sneaky. Nope. Sneaky's five.
0: I'm trying to think early game teams. Um,
1: well, I that's probably going to lead you astray. Number one was Wild Turtle, funnily enough. I was going to say Turtle. That was going to be my next guess. They, they, they fuddled <laughs> him a lot of resources. Uh, yeah. Number two was Cody Sun. Which, hey! Right? I came out of nowhere. I'm going to fix this one for you, buddy. I'm going to fix it right on screen for oh, you. Not th- all th- ten, thank you kindly.
0: Cody Sun. It never happened, guys. Never happened. (laughs) This was Cody's son, too.
1: Man, I... You know, it's one of those things where I didn't want to go that way because as an Immortals fan, I still remember, you know, all of the, the people that pointed out just how bad his landing phase was in the first half of the split. I think there was that game where he lost a tower in six minutes without dying. Like, he had just been so pushed in without even a gank coming that way. But there is no player who has improved more on a week-by-week basis, probably in the league. And I-, I think that that's, you know, that arc, you know, obviously he had a lot of room to grow, but he is making those steps. And, I, you know, what he's ended up with was very, very helpful for an Immortals team that unfortunately didn't have quite enough to, to get their way in. But, yeah, I did not realize that as well. I'm, I'm joining you, Walter. You've convinced me here. Congratulations.
0: There we go. I'm glad uh, we finally can agree on something.
1: Yeah, broken clocks are right twice a day. Let's do supports! First team, our third team All-Pro support, excuse me. Who was your third team choice here, Walter?
0: Um, I said stunt. I uh, I said stunt because after the top two, I think it's pretty much a coin flip because I think a lot of players played very poorly. I think guys you would have seen up here, Adrian, Matt aframu had a lot of question marks and a lot of mediocre play so i think stunt other than for like one maybe two games was fantastic and was the third best support in north america and i'm sure if it you know sure if it projects over to a full season which you're gonna bring up later and i don't care um yeah he probably wouldn't be this high but just from what i saw of him i want to reward him for it i think he did really really good in a year where the support position was pretty terrible
1: yeah, the support position was pretty tough when you had to, to break down these decisions. I have, you know, I, I don't even really have a strong case for the support that I picked. It's more that I eliminated all of the other <laughs> options. Like, for me, Stunt didn't play enough games, and I didn't like how he played on Dignitas, when you look at the, the numbers there. He has improved, but... He didn't quite have those numbers for me, and also he did get benched for Shady in the last week. I don't think you can say that about an all-pro support, and it's not like Shady was doing particularly well to keep him off the uh, off the floor. I didn't want to give it to Adrian because I do not reward a player who has been kicked off twice, uh, his team twice in about three or four months, or at the very least, was not asked to come back. Yeah. Like, you, that's that's a problem. You, you can't tell me that that's one of the three most valuable players at his position at that point. So that left me with X-Special. And he is a robot designed to crush uh, CLG's dreams, as people have pointed out, but he's also just a pretty solid support across the board. No clear weaknesses from him. He does everything that you would want a support to do, and he does them effectively enough that you're never going to say, like, oh, man... I can't believe X-Special cost us the game here. That's, he, he does more than enough for me, and it is worth saying his raw, uh, his raw assist numbers were actually very impressive. Uh, I, I thought that he did a very good job of making sure that he wasn't taking kills away from the laners who needed it, uh, but was getting those uh, assists and, and making sure that the money was going to the right places. So he does the job. And this split, that was enough for me to, to put him in the third spot once I'd ruled out some of the other possibilities. Walter, who is your second team All-Pro support?
0: Biofrost has the most, most assists in the league with a much worse 80 carry. Not having double if there is to kind of cover up some of his flaws. Yeah, there were moments where he got caught out in lane. Their laning phase was definitely weaker. But I think that was mostly Wild Turtle's fault not necessarily Biofrost he had a slight step back compared to last split but anybody is when you go from the best 80 carry in North America and possibly Western history uh, to wild turtle so I give it to Biofrost
1: yeah uh, he's my choice for second team all pro support as well I was very impressed by the way that he handled himself uh, without double lift being there you know especially for a young player uh, it can be you know du- you know double lift could hide a lot of those rookie flaws. You know, before, this was really him having to go out and prove on his own that he could be that playmaker, and I thought he did a very good job of that. Uh, 4.8 KDA, 69% kill participation, um, just did a a very solid job uh, at everything that you would want him to do, and did it with an AD carry who I think can often do just as much harm as he does good in some of those different areas of the game. So, certainly I was impressed by what I saw from him, but we both saw somebody I think who was more impressive. Walter, who is your first-team All-Pro support?
0: I have to give it to Smoothie. I think Smoothie played pretty well across the season. He didn't die very often, which was something that was sort of a hallmark for him last split, too. He really didn't die. Um, once he won the job from from Bunny Fufu, he hasn't really looked back. He had a really good world. He had a really, really good split when I think his 80 carry underperformed what we were expecting. Um, but he picked up the slack and he made that bot lane look pretty damn good. Yeah,
1: Smoothie's the uh, clear number one choice for me. I've seen some people on social media even bring up that the insane playmaking potential that he has brought to this team is something that would put him in the MVP conversation. I think <coughs> that's I think that's going <coughs> too far. I want to point <coughs> that out. I'm just <coughs> I'm just telling you what I'm seeing, and I think that there's a reason for that because when he makes his plays. He is, you know, putting together some very memorable moments, some highlight reel style engages. No one did more for the, their team as far as setting up the big team fight moments, the the laning moments that Sneaky needed in some of those uh, games where he was able to carry. Uh, Smoothie did everything you want from a support and then some. And I do think that the the vision that he provided and the, uh, the way that he you know put his teammates in a, a path to succeed just you know from something as you know as simple as a redemption placement to something as complex as you know these individual warding spots and pathing moments that he had to ensure that the team would have as much information as possible i give him a ton of credit and i, I think he deserves that number 1 spot so the one argument we have walter and i i think that you're not going to be surprised to hear me say that I, I don't like the idea of giving a guy who played a quarter of the season an All-Pro spot. That would be the equivalent of giving an NFL player who only played four games uh, a spot on the All-Pro roster. So, what's your counter to that? What was 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 he so good in your mind that it just was undeniable in those twelve games? Like, like how how did you get there?
0: Yeah, I I thought he showed exceptional play in those in those twelve games, and when I compare it to the games that I saw out of everyone else, including Expecial, I was like, I would rather reward him for only twelve really good games than reward someone for you know a mediocre performance for forty. And that's what I get from Expecial. That's what I got from Ale. That's what I got from and That's what I got from everybody else. Was mediocre performances across the board. It's my ballot. It's my decision. I get I get where you're coming from, but um. I don't really care, because I'm not going to give Stunt the Rookie of the Year, so I decided to reward him here instead.
1: I I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, if he had 12 great games, I probably would feel differently. I, I think that his Dignitas games were not particularly great. I, I think they showed potential, but I, I didn't think they were so overwhelmingly solid. I I, I think that there were definitely some rookie flaws that he needs to work through. And that's not a problem, by the way. That's not a criticism of him. He hasn't had a lot of time in the LCS yet, but I think it says a lot that they uh, Phoenix One only gave him one game in Week 9 before benching him for Shady, of all people. That's not something that I want to hear I, about a an yeah. All-Pro support. That's That is a huge concern for me. If Phoenix One doesn't feel comfortable putting him out there, I don't feel comfortable putting him on this list. But... We, we've got to move on. There's just so many, so many debates still left to be had, Walter. And the next one is the Rookie of the Split Award. You said that you couldn't reward Stunt, so I, I don't see him being your choice here. Who was your choice? And, and who was the runner up if you had one?
0: So uh, my actual choice was I picked Acadian, and my runner up was Cody's son. Uh, Acadian, I. I remember saying it like week two, where I tweeted out, I was like, "Man, it's a shame that Acadian's going to lose this to contracts because contracts is going to win the split." But uh, they didn't, and they both tor- sort of fell off as the weeks went on. But Acadian, I think, had the much higher ceiling. Um, I think that he was more cr- was more pivotal for his team's success uh, than contracts was. And even towards the end, he was making some fantastic plays that I feel like the rest of his team wasn't really following up on, and contracts was kind of just being dragged along for the ride. Uh, behind Impact and Jensen. So I give it to Acadian. And then the runner-up, like I said, Cody Sung. I think, again, he improved over the course of the split. I don't think any other rookie you can say, this rookie was better in Week 9 than they were in Week 1.
1: Yeah. I Now that I have seen the light when it comes to Cody Sun, he is going to be my runner-up. But I am going to give it to Acadian. I, I think that for all the reasons that you said, uh, no player was more electrifying from this rookie class than Akkadian was. And he was not necessarily put in a great place to succeed. Uh, he certainly doesn't necessarily have the consistency or game knowledge that I would want from a, a veteran jungler, but he's getting there. And when he does make those engages, when he does get a chance to go on those hard-carry champions and really go in and, and make those highlight plays, he plays with, uh, with no fear which is something that I, I really loved when we saw Dardok first hit the scene. And that's kind of, you know, at his best moments, that's the guy he reminded me of the most was, was Dardok, Someone who just understands how to make those aggressive engages and maybe not all of them work out, but they never stop trying to make them. And that kind of resilience, I think, is something that's going to pay off uh, very well for them in the long run. Uh, we agreed on everything, so we can just move on to the next section, which is the coach of the year. Or coach of the split, I suppose, because it's only been three months. There's a whole other split to go. Uh, Walter, where did you go with this one?
0: I think any of the top three teams' coaches could win this. In all honesty, I think there are good arguments for all of them. I think there are some arguments against them, mainly pull, you know picking and choosing one or two. You know, pick and ban phases where you're like this they they clearly flubbed it. Uh, but I'm going to pay uh, for for picking parth last split, so I'm going to choose Reaper this split. Um, I think it's time to actually reward him. I think he did pretty well with Cloud Nine. Like you said, there was improvement from Jensen. There was improvement from Impact. He got a rookie jungler to a second place finish in the LCS. And despite some minor flubs here and there, they did finish pretty strongly. And um, overall, I was impressed by how he uh, how he ran the team.
1: Yeah, I I think that is fair. I had Reaper at number two for for all the reasons you just said. I did think that. Perhaps some of his pick-and-band stuff could have been a little bit cleaner, but overall, did a very good job of developing the talent. Uh, my coach of the split award is going to fly, uh, the coach of Phoenix 1. Uh, if you look at where Phoenix 1 was this time last split, they finished 8th in the 2016 summer split, 5-13, and 13, a 15-31 and 31 map score for a 33% win percentage, and now they're the third-best team. And if it wasn't for them going uh, 0-2 in both of their series this week, they were, at, at one point, the highest win percentage team in the league. Uh, they, they've had a lot of very great series, uh, a lot of 2-0s that they were able to muster for themselves. And I, I think that says so much about the way that they plotted out that early game and really used those snowballs to their advantage. And the fact that they were able to do all of this with rotating junglers and three different supports coming in and out that is an incredible feat, and, and keeping everyone on point and getting the most out of uh, guys like Arrow and Ryu, I, I think, is something that deserves to be rewarded. Um, that, I mean, do you, do you have a counter argument? I, I feel like we, I feel like all of the responses we gave were, were fair here.
0: No, like I said, any of the top three, I think, are, are reasonable choices, and there's pros and cons to all of them. Um, I'd be okay with Fly winning. I'd be okay with Arth winning. In all honesty. Um I think Fly probably will win it which is unfortunate cuz I think Reaper should be rewarded for what he's built over the past two splits. Um so yeah, I'm okay with Fly. I got no problems.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's all about whether you uh value building the empire more or the turnaround. And and for me the turnaround stood out just a little bit more. Now it comes to the last the last spot, the coveted MVP award Walter Tell me, you know, walk me through the whole thing. Give me the whole process of of how you came to this conclusion because this is a debate that can go in so many different ways.
0: Uh, it's Arrow. Uh. Duh. Like, yeah, it's Arrow. Duh. There's no argument. There's no, there's, as much as I would love to say, my runner-up is Haunters, and I think Bjorksen's going to get some votes because of the LeBron effect where he's the big name, Um, And I do agree with you. He played, like, this was probably his worst split in the last, like, two years. Um, But I still think he's going to get some votes. But at the end of the day, it was Arrow. Arrow single handedly turned Phoenix One from a, you know, fringe playoff contender with a, with like a Lod type 80 carry to they were fighting for a number one seed in North America. And I think they are going to be an incredible team to play against in the playoffs especially playing with three different supports over the course of it and making you know making it not matter that he's playing with two players that have very very limited professional experiences versus adrian Uh, his laning stats are just incredible across the board you said it during our 80 carry all pro number one in almost every major statistic i don't think it's close i think arrow is the mvp and if he's not something went
1: seriously wrong well, I'm, I'm letting you know right now, you should prepare yourself for him to not win the MVP because I, I think that while a lot of the analysts uh, that I've seen on Twitter are, are going that way, and spoiler alert, I'm going to go that way too. I, I'm certainly, you know, when it comes to the, the players and, and a lot of these, uh, you know, the casters and coaches, I, I think a lot of votes are going to go towards you know the tsm side of things i think it's it's a great narrative to give it to Hauntser, the natural north american this this rookie that is playing at a level we haven't seen a north american rookie play at in a He's long time not, to- not rookie a north american a talent excuse okay. me a, a natural north american talent my apologies i had the rookie this one in my head uh we haven't had that in a while and i think that's going to be the narrative and i think that's where the votes are going to go uh, which i understand i i think for me Uh, Bjergsen and Hanser kind of cross each other out to a certain extent because both of them really benefit from having the other one around. Uh, That's not to say that they're not both insane players, but when you talk about the MVP, to me that award is which individual had the biggest impact on... The, on a winning team, on a on a very talented roster that wins a lot of games. Because it has to be a team that they prove they could be successful on, and it has to be a team that, um, that you know, you take them away and suddenly things go pretty horribly wrong. I, I had Jensen as the runner-up in that regard because I, I thought that Jensen, as I said before, was the crux of everything that that team needed to be. Uh, if it wasn't for him, so many... Of the uh, mid to late game fights that turned around games that Cloud9 realistically should have lost based on the early game, uh, he, you know he turned a lot of that around, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But no one deserves more credit than Arrow in a, in a league in which you know we have the LOL AD carry in 2017 meme going around all the time. Arrow was the guy who said, "Oh, you don't think AD carries could uh, carry? Oh, here, hold my beer. I got this." Uh, And that's exactly what he did. He played out of his mind. And he played out of his mind every week with two different jugglers and three different supports. And we're going to keep bringing that up because it's still insane that that happened. We don't see, like, bot lanes need time to adapt to each other. And Arrow just said, eh, whatever. I'm just going to be this hard-carrying monster of a player and you try to stop me. And the answer that everyone came to was, "Uh, we can't, though. And for that, I I think that Arrow deserves... Uh, all of the credit in the world, I, I think that he had more of an individual impact than anyone else uh, in the league, and I I hope that I am wrong when I say that the narrative is going to go in that Haunser direction. As, as nice as that is a feel good story as that would be, I think Arrow is this import who who comes in and was perhaps overshadowed at times on that KT Rolster uh, roster. I mean. Let me put it this way, guys. Uh, Arrow went one way Hichani Hachani went another. And we saw how those careers worked out. Uh, the split, So uh, I think we have our answer. For anyone who was wondering uh, who deserved the credit of that bot lane, I think we know now. I think that has been solved. So that's, that's it. I, is there anything you want to add, Walter? Is there any, you know, as we wish the regular season a fond farewell, any, any final thoughts?
0: I mean, listen, I think Chase's disrespect to TSM as an organization should not go unpunished. Oh, how dare Um, you? You you know His team isn't in the playoffs, and mine is. And when mine's playing for a championship in Vancouver, you know, it's the little things that matter, right?
1: Three out of five TSM players are on my second team all pro list or better. But, yeah, I clearly just hate them. I'm a hater. Pile it on. I love it. You got Jensen over
0: Bjergsen. That's that's a cardinal sin, in my opinion.
1: You know, that's that's fine. That sacrilege is something I I will accept. That in the same way that I have to accept your, but it's my list though defense. So you know what, <laughs> I I I you know if that's the way we're gonna play it. That's the way it's gonna go. I I think that honestly, at the end of the day, uh, bot lane didn't quite hold up outside of, of Arrow the way that we usually expect in North America. But certainly, we saw the imports at the top lane. You know, Lira coming in in the jungle. You know, those those moves paid off, and we're seeing talent be put in that top half of the map. And you know, I hope that that matters when we get to international play. Whichever team ends up representing North America at MSI, I think the gap between where the Korean top laners have been and where the North American top laners are now, that's hopefully going to be closed a bit. I, I know that you never want to get too optimistic about western chances in international competition but i i do think that was nice to see it was nice to see you know jensen and Bjergsen really battle it out I, I think both sides of the argument are, are very fair um I'm certainly not a, a bjorksen hater despite what certain sources might tell you uh and you know i I, I think that this was a a wild west of a split It wasn't necessarily the cleanest play, and it wasn't necessarily a split in which we had a ton of just over-the-top, this player is just so far above the rest, but it was a lot of fun, and it was a split that kept me captivated from start to finish, and it's a a split that I'm still going to be thinking about, um, you know, a year or two down the line because of just how many memorable moments there were along the way, but... That's going to be it for the regular season of North America. We are going to move on next week. On Thursday, we will be doing our Guest the Lions for the North American LCS playoffs. Of course, Wednesday is going to be our European Guest the Lions playoff edition. We I don't know if we're going to necessarily do a follow-up from the promotion tournament. We'll probably mention it very briefly at the beginning of one of those podcasts. But otherwise, we're going to go full-on playoff mode. It is time. It is It is about time for us to, you know, get excited and break down all of these matchups. And of course, uh, you're going to want to be following us on social media throughout all of this. Uh, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
0: You guys can find me at CADs underscore LOL. And yes, the only reason why Double Lift wasn't my third team all pro was because he went to Team Liquid.
1: Oh boy. I love it. I'm at Redshirt King. If you have any thoughts on on my picks and whatever i'd love to talk to you guys about it i'll be reading all the comments as well so let's keep these arguments going i i think that's the most fun part of a word season for me is seeing the different paths that everyone takes to what their ultimate picks end up being so uh certainly hope you guys enjoyed this and until next week bye internet
0: Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.